Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's quest will have us covering the topic of the recent acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. My name is Jules and today I am joined by Mateo, Nino, and Joe. Whether you're joining our adventure from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to give us a like or a follow. Now let's get this adventure rolling. To start us off, before we get to the juice, let's start with an icebreaker. Our icebreaker today is, if you could only play one video game for the rest of your life, what video game would that be? Dang. <laughs> this is the easiest question I've ever been asked. Joe, go for it. I'm answering Path of Exile, the original and greatest ARPG of all time. That's a shot at you, uh, Microsoft Blizzard Activision. <laughs> this is tough, because I'd love to say like a single-player game, but then I'd get so bored. I mean, I know what Adriano's answer would be. He's still playing this game after 20 years. It's Ocarina of Time. Yes, but but then he would have to play the same... Like, he can't play the randomizers he's been playing. He'd have to play just base Ocarina of Time. I don't think Adriano could handle that. I think he's moved beyond it. Like, not that he can't handle it. I'm sure he can, but I don't know. Is there enough in Ocarina of Time? Um, I think mine would just be Smash Ultimate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Smash Ultimate, like, there's so much content in that game, that I, and I even I still haven't even really scratched the surface with it. Eventually, when it comes out, Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel, I'll be able to play that <laughs> yeah. for for years. But you can play real Yu-Gi-Oh. Would you really want to waste your one video game on a game that just simulated game that you could play in real life? Hey, if I'm like stuck on a desert island, I don't like have to watch all those Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like they could get wet, and then I'll never be able to use them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think it sounds like a dude, bro. I want to play FIFA for the rest of my life. Like, just go play soccer. I'd probably either say like Minecraft, or if, for instance, like if Destiny keeps putting out like really solid content that we've been getting, I would I would say Destiny Two. But I'm gonna go for Minecraft right now. Just I'm gonna say Minecraft just because it's just super creative and really the only like limitation to that game is your imagination. You can make games within that. You can make models of things. You could use like redstone stuff. And if, on and like Minecraft keeps getting updated and stuff too. So like there's always be added. They would always add new content. So yeah, Minecraft would have to be mine. I'd say not World of Warcraft. I'm surprised. Yeah, no. After all the Activision Blizz stuff that was happening to bro, like I do not want to touch that with a ten mile pole. But that is a good segue into today's topic because Microsoft will touch that for to the price of $70 billion. Well, Gino, you segued into the wrong thing because we have housekeeping. Well, this is the housekeeping. Well, there's a little bit of tidying up before we get to the main course, so we'll, we'll come back. Microsoft already tidied up, if it looks yep. like it, based on the amount that they made Activision boot out of that company. So We will... Um, I'll get back to that in just a moment, but just quick few little housekeeping things. We're not really going to focus a lot on this, but a few things we want to mention. I know for me, I want to mention that Mateo and I recently stumbled upon old news that was new to us, which is that there's a confirmed sequel to Ukulele in development as of Tencent giving uh, money to Platonic. So, you know, Tencent, keep it going. You've done some good things for me this year. Ukulele 2, Pokemon Unite. Just keep up the the money. Yeah, I'm still not okay with Tencent, but no matter what I say, like there's nothing we could do about it. They're too big. I kind of willed this into existence in our last episode. How much I talked about like how Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel was my most anticipated game for this y- coming year. You can actually download Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel right now, and I think there's some tournament going on tomorrow, as in like the day after we're recording this. But probably by the time this episode goes live, you can download and play Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel and it was supposed to be out by like the end of March, but 
this is a lot sooner than I thought it would be. I'm so excited. I can't wait to build all my favorite decks and, and play Yu-Gi-Oh! And, like, we're going to have a blast with that game. Mm-hmm. And then the only other housekeeping item I have is, reminder, everybody, Legends Arceus drops at the end of next week. Make sure you pick that up. Support Pokemon Company and their endeavors into something new. Now you can transition, you know. Yeah, so um, news happened today. <laughs> we weren't expecting to do this. We were asleep. I wasn't. I, w- I was freaking out for an hour, waiting for someone to respond in our group chat. Yeah. Yep. As I was waking up to work, I saw like Joe in our like our hub world group chat. I just see Joe posting like, holy shit, this is real. Like just completely came out of the blue. And like after I woke up, I literally like went into Mateo's room, shook him awake. And then like our group chat just exploded. Microsoft like one up themselves like crazy here. They made their acquisition of Zenimax look like chump change, like 10 times more, basically. Like the, the that deal went through last year for like seven and a half billion, and here we come getting all of Activision Blizzard King for seventy. Even the Zenimax purchase was like dwarfing how much money they spent on Minecraft back in like twenty fourteen for two and a half billion dollars. This is insane. Like I didn't realize actually until we started doing like a lot of the research and stuff, like after the headlines and everything were out, how much Activision Blizzard actually has like mm-hmm. within their organization and stuff. So like just like IP like alone there's like what like 10,000 developers and employees and stuff within the Activision Blizzard family of companies and everything. And albeit like a lot of them aren't very happy right now with like all of the Activision Blizzard headlines and all that stuff going on and like the lawsuit and everything. But this is definitely a step in the right direction uh, for them. Microsoft has always had like this culture of like diversity and inclusion. And even uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, in his uh, press release was basically, without saying that Activision Blizzard was doing it wrong, basically said that they were doing it wrong. Uh, I have a quote here that says, the culture of our organization is my number one priority. It's critical for Activision Blizzard to drive forward on its commitments to improve workplace culture. And last year, they were uh, like Activision had to disclose that they were being investigated by the state of California Civil Rights Agency. And they did get sued for having like a frat boy culture and like having the CEO of Microsoft basically call you up by saying that this is our company's values. They're now going to be yours. So definitely like the whole situation for ActiBliz is going to get a lot better hopefully under the new overlord of Microsoft. And that's the thing, though. Like, the acquisition makes a lot more sense in hindsight. If you were to ask me last week or or even this morning if this had any chance of happening, I'd say probably not because why would Activision want to sell? But this definitely shed a light on how damaged their brand really was. Like, they needed a complete reset in order to gain the trust of the consumers back because of how badly their name has been dragged through the mud in the last few years like even dating back to the whole blitzchung thing from blizzcon in 2019 like it goes even further back than that so it's just been year after year after year after year of controversy and the only way that they could have any chance of gaining back the consumer confidence and even the workplace confidence was for this massive like shift into another direction being acquired by another studio who then is in charge and then calls the shots and organizes their business. Yeah, they they needed new management. <laughs> Basically, that's the only thing that was going to do this. But like even back to like what you were saying before Mateo, like if like if you if you asked any of us 
did you expect this happening? Most people would have said no. When the Blizzard lawsuit itself was happening, Phil Spencer actually called out, like he 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 made a like he made a statement mentioning that Xbox had to reevaluate the relationship with Activision Blizzard. But like I I guess the reevaluation was reevaluating the dollar amount that they were going to spend because they were probably in the talks of already buying Blizzard at Activision Blizzard at that point. So apparently they've been in talks ever since November. Some more details though about like how groundbreaking this acquisition was microsoft spent 68.7 billion dollars on activision blizzard which is now the largest acquisition in video game history originally it was the bethesda acquisition at seven and a half billion and then i think last week take two bought zynga for something like 12 and a half billion which then became the largest gaming acquisition and now microsoft just blew take two out of the water with this acquisition like this makes disney buying star wars look like a steal and then this deal actually is expected to close sometime in microsoft's 2023 fiscal year which ends june 30th yeah but that also depends on like okay unless like governments and stuff get involved in saying no you can't buy them because then you'll be too big at this point because like microsoft is essentially becoming the disney of video games let's just say disney owns how many percentage of like the movie industry nowadays with like Marvel, Star Wars, the Fox merger and all that kind of stuff. Microsoft is kind of doing that same thing. They're kind of like slowly amassing like this giant pool of like IP and characters and worlds and all this stuff that they can pull from as well as talent. Again, like 10,000 employees from Activision Blizzard is now under the watchful eyes of Papa Phil. Also to add to with how big this merger is, this is also the largest acquisition sorry not merger but the largest acquisition that microsoft has done i think the previous one was only like 26 billion i would say only 26 billion but 26 going to 68.7 that's really that's mm-hmm. microsoft kind of really digging in their feet in the gaming industry and saying that they're here for the long and with this acquisition microsoft is now one of the three biggest video game companies on the planet in terms of just sheer revenue, like how much revenue that their IP and their products and everything can generate, they're only second, they're only third actually to Tencent and Sony. Within, I can't believe maybe like five, ten years, Microsoft is now playing with the big boys. When you're talking about Tencent, they have their hands in a lot of other little companies. I know they're part of Riot Games, they're part of GGG, they're part uh, like they have partnerships and everything with Nintendo, doing certain things in China. And as well as just a bunch of other Ubisoft, Ubisoft. I know they're yeah. involved in Epic Games and like everything. Platinum as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're involved in everything. And then you have the titan of the industry that is Sony. And we will talk about the whole Sony, like what this means for them going forward later on. I I believe, but this is definitely a big flex. Just kind of echoing what Joe was saying. What do we know, and what does this mean for Activision Blizzard by themselves? So with Microsoft acquiring them. As Mateo was saying, this deal is going to be probably done around uh, end of June, beginning of July. And what do you think is going to happen to Bobby Kotick? So for those of us such as myself and our listeners at home who don't follow major video game people and have no idea what that name means, can you give myself and viewers at home an idea of who this person is and why it's significant? So Bobby's currently the CEO of Activision Blizzard, and he has basically been looked at as turning a blind eye to all of the allegations that were going on at Activision Blizzard, both 
basically until they came to light and for many, many years. And slowly as more and more things have been popping up and his lack of action to really do anything, more people have kind of been calling for his head. So it was kind of telling Phil's mannerism, his tone through the text of his email says, once the acquisition is complete, the Activision Blizzard business will report to me, period. So he's kind of really trying to, even just with that one sentence, say that, you know, although the former CEO, there's been a lot of controversies there. Once this is done, they want to put that now in the past to the point of, you know, not to forget about it, but to move past it and work towards being a better company. And the first step in that is reporting to Phil Spencer and sounds of it, Bobby is kind of expected to slowly kind of ride off into the sunset and hopefully not look yeah. back at the video game industry for a long time. And the disgusting thing is he's going to be getting a nice severance payout. People are estimating he's going to be making like hundreds of millions of dollars. I saw a quick video on one of my, like one of the World of Warcraft YouTubers that I follow and he was saying that if Bobby Kotick has to leave Activision Blizzard, if the company is purchased and he's and he's asked to leave, and there's all these other conditions that kind of sound like what's going on right now, it's in his best interest to do so because the company will be forced to pay him upwards of almost $300 million. That's gross. It's disgusting. It's a lot. And yeah, yeah it's, it's disgusting. But there was also like that time period there where like obviously people are constantly trying to kind of get him to essentially quit and leave. But the major stakeholders, for some reason, people were saying they didn't want him to leave. And it seems like it was because of these talks that you don't really want your CEO to be given the boot as these talks are going on. So they're Mm -hmm. probably hoping now the fact that there's like a clear end in sight for Bobby, that this is enough to kind of put the public at rest too. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing for the public, but still, I'm sure no matter what, Still having Bobby as your CEO, as a worker of Activision Blizzard, like it's still going to be tough for them for the next, you know, year and a half till this closes. But yeah, at least hopefully there's an end in sight. So that's that's something to to look forward to for them. But that's it's still tough. There's just no good in that sort of situation at all. And just a few quick stock numbers and stuff just to like show kind of like what the non-gaming public kind of and like the trading public and all that stuff have been thinking about this. So uh, Blizzard stock is up apparently about 25%, uh, which basically recoups them for all the losses that they've been taking while the, the state of California has been investigating them. Sony stocks are down almost 10% in Japan, which is just like, okay, when your biggest competitor or one of your bigger competitors make such a big move of course people are going to panic and sell your stuff because like oh no what's what's going to happen to sony now and then microsoft stock actually went down about two percent also that has to do with the fact that like the company just spent 70 billion dollars right <laughs> just 70 guys it's just nothing just, yeah just 70 billion dollars it's there, whatever <laughs> we talk about the nintendo war chest but the microsoft war chest is insane People buy Office. That's what it is. Someone buying Office is paying for this. The speed in which Microsoft started becoming really profitable, like in the early days, is crazy. That is the reason why Microsoft is in the position they are, is because they were so successful so fast, and they managed their money right. They took the right risks. Like, we watched that that Xbox documentary. The Xbox project itself could have been shot down multiple times throughout its inception and development. But Bill Gates was sold by the idea to make a video game system. And imagine, like, 
all it would have taken is one other person to say no or Bill Gates to maybe reconsider. And none of this stuff would have happened. And the fact that now the Xbox brand has bounced back under Phil Spencer and like they've been through the Red Ring of Death, they've been through Don Matrick, and now it's kind of making up for that era in the last generation where they just got utterly crushed by PlayStation. And now like the tides might even out. And like an acquisition of this magnitude can do a lot for that. So question for everyone right off the bat here. Is this now a monopoly? Does Microsoft own enough IP and enough studios to basically trigger some sort of antitrust thing and not allow them to purchase Activision, do you think? My opinion, and I know nothing about business and what would constitute a monopoly, but just from the opinion of somebody who has followed gaming and who has been part of gaming, no. I think money-wise... Funds-wise, yes, Activision generates a lot of income. But in terms of just owning intellectual property, they aren't actually obtaining that much right now. They're obtaining some major players, but in the grand scheme of things, unless they were buying something like Nintendo, I don't see how this could possibly be a monopoly because there's still two very large competitor companies that also own and are partnered with other companies within the industry that exist and i just don't mm-hmm. see even though they're becoming larger than them because of this acquisition and the previous bethesda one i don't see how this would be enough to be a monopoly and the only metric i have to equate that to is if disney owning the amount of film properties they have right now wasn't a monopoly then i don't see yeah. how microsoft obtaining activision means anything because again like activision sure makes a lot of money but when you look at just ip they're actually not gaining that much because activision themselves don't actually work with a lot of different intellectual property they pretty much just work with a few that stick and then they have some that have been dead or on hiatus for like decades yeah like that was really well said like they weren't competitors with activision blizzard and big acquisitions like this happen every once in a while like at&t buying time warner was a big acquisition that didn't get overturned by the u.s government and neither was disney buying fox and if those would have been overturned then there would have been at least some precedent but i don't think this is going to be an issue i think this is going to get approved but like Maybe if they buy like another company on the same size of Activision, it could be somewhat more problematic. But as of now, I think this is completely fine. This is going to fly through. Mm-hmm. I will just add on. I do think whether it would even be up for discussion, whether this acquisition would be a monopoly is not so much about them acquiring them, but more to do with what the acquisition and what the terms of the acquisition constitute, which I'm going to touch upon later when we talk about something else in terms of how i'm feeling in terms of that but i also think like the terms of the acquisition would also play a role as someone who studied economics and you know did my due diligence to go through schooling to become an accountant a monopoly would have to be something that's where a seller would face zero competition and not only that there would be no substitute so another substitute to gaming a lot of times I feel like we get stuck at looking at it through such a small lens of saying, well, there's Microsoft, there's Sony, and there's Nintendo. And then there's like the other, you know, third-party studios. But from the grander scheme of things, Microsoft buying Activision is absolutely nothing. Because mm-hmm. even if technically Microsoft bought Sony, that still wouldn't be enough. 
because you also then have to expand and think, well, technically, Apple is into gaming. You could count Google through Android being into gaming. It, mm. it needs to be very specific. And also, too, it would also need to make it that by there being a monopoly, there would have to be a super high barrier to entry for other people to also get into that industry. And because of the ease of access that really anyone can make a video game, like there's nothing really stopping anyone. It's just coding, and you can easily you know, learn yourself to code to make a game. You know, like, look at Toby Fox's Undertale. Look how successful that is, just through one guy sitting down and doing something that he had passion for. So it would be, I think, really difficult. Like, it would have to get really, really out of hand to be a monopoly. So I don't yeah. I think this will go through very, very quickly. Yeah, I see what you mean, because it's it's very different than the film industry, because the film industry is controlled ultimately by the theaters, right? Like the theaters yeah. choose what gets exposed to the mass media. Um, yeah. And as a result, a monopoly can can probably be achieved much easier, for lack of a better term. Because, 100%. for example, like indie films and things don't make it to the theaters. But within gaming, you're right. Like, really, anybody with a computer can make a game and submit it to Nintendo's eShop or Sony's online shop or Microsoft's arcade or to the app store or whatever and even though maybe it's not going to get exposed because it's not going to be promoted it's still accessible like something like undertale still has the potential to be a big hit and so even if microsoft owned everything like it doesn't keep game developers from making games that aren't associated with them thank you for the very detailed answer joe i appreciate it Maybe my wording wasn't the best, but that was a better answer than I could have hoped for to this question. What do you think Sony and PlayStation's place in all of this will be going forward? For instance, Microsoft's Game Pass, uh, once they get the Activision Blizzard King stuff added into it, is going to be really, really compelling for gamers. What is it to stop someone from saying, hey, I'm going to go buy a PlayStation where I can get all of my great Sony IP versus I can get this console to where I can play with all of my friends very cheap. I'm glad you asked, Gino. I have very two very specific ways that I want to respond to this. So the first is under the assumption that, yes, the properties are going to be exclusive completely. Let's operate under that assumption that all the intellectual property is pretty much going to be exclusive. Call of Duty is a massive vehicle for the casual market. There's no denying that. The second I saw this, the second that Joe posted it, way more so than Bethesda. Like, I know you guys have been saying Bethesda was major, it was going to shift things. I never believed that Bethesda would really shift things. COD alone, I was like, this will shift things. That being said, I don't think it's going to shift things to the point where Sony is in danger. I definitely don't think it will tip the scales. I think it will bring things closer to an equalization at most. And the reason I think that is because the casual market isn't just one group of individuals anymore. There's two very distinct casual markets of gaming. Two very distinct ones. One, you have the like the dude bro, like the ones I'm going to give negative connotation to, who like to play their FIFA on their COD, who pretty much just buys a system to play their shooters with their friends. That's one casual game market. And absolutely... If COD is exclusive completely, that's going to be a major compelling point to draw those users to Microsoft rather than to Sony. And that's just the facts. But on the other hand, and this has always been Microsoft's weakness, is I feel that Microsoft has always catered to one type of audience. They cater to this hardcore like Western gamer, FPS, gritty, edgy. And things like Call of Duty already fit that aesthetic. And 
The other type of casual gamer that's out there are your family and your kid gamers. The people who just want to pick up a game that's fun and looks cute. Things like people who play Nintendo games or Mario Kart or pick up Ratchet and Clank or Sackboy or whatever on PlayStation. And the, the reality is Microsoft does not have something like that. And they still don't have something like that even after buying Activision Blizzard. So I still feel they're missing a massive portion of the casual audience because they don't have the IP or the appeal to those people. Because even though they've had a potential mascot character for nearly 20 years, they've done nothing with him. And I am not confident that Crash or Spiral will be any different. And even if they were to do that with Crash, the reality is Crash was never built to be an entry-level accessible game for family audiences. So with Crash, either they're going to change up the brand and make him more accessible so that he could be their furry mascot to draw in family gamers, and then, you know, like ruin the brand and change it, or they have to be faithful to what the brand is, which is more likely under Microsoft. They're pretty faithful to the IP that they have. And then it's just not accessible. And I think that that's where I'm like, I don't think it will tip the scales because they're still missing something that Sony and Nintendo have that I just don't think they have an interest in doing. And I don't really think they will ever be able to unless they acquire like Nintendo because there aren't really a lot of those family fun friendly ip that are super big anymore that exist outside of like first party sony and first party nintendo so that's one answer if you'd can like I, to respond I, to that then yeah yes, go ahead I, I do i do have a few things actually that i, w- I would like to say and uh, i'll then i'll pass things over to mateo and he can kind of say some other stuff as well one thing that i do want to say is with their uh, acquisitions we've seen this with games like age of empires we've seen this with games like psychonauts they're putting together like these niche games that are like odd and weird they might not have like 30 million downloads or purchases or things like that but they're making stuff that certain groups of people are liking the age of empires remakes revitalized that series and they went out and made age of empires 4 which did really well for an rts game when is the last time like a major rts game has come out since i want to say starcraft 2 maybe and like, even when i was just looking at that picture speaking of starcraft 2 here on Microsoft's website, they have a picture that says it's Xbox plus Activision Blizzard King. They have Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, and StarCraft. Why would they put StarCraft on there? They haven't had a game in over 10 years. The last expansion wasn't around for a long time. That's an RTS franchise, which historically don't sell well. Microsoft, I believe, is going to do something with that StarCraft IP. Maybe they're going to revitalize that StarCraft first-person shooter or whatever it was for the GameCube or something. I don't know. Maybe they're going to revitalize that StarCraft shooter. That would be really, really cool. They have Diablo on here for obvious reasons and stuff too, right? Another niche ARPG game. It's not going to draw in hundreds of millions of people, but it's going to draw in a certain group of people. And then they're going to tell their friends. And then they're going to discover, hey, we have this other game. Maybe it's Hellblade, Senua's Saga, or hey, maybe it's Super Lucky's Tale. The Game Pass will do that. And it doesn't have to be like a cutesy thing, but it's going to attract those niche gamers. They will. And I'm not saying they won't get an audience, but I am saying of the two casual audiences that exist, I don't think they have a platform to pull the family gamers. There's nothing family about Microsoft right now. And they don't have enough to sustain it, right? Like, even if I went to play Psychonauts, right? Like, there's not enough. Their best bet, in my opinion, is figuring out their intellectual property internally. Because they have family-friendly intellectual properties, but they're not doing anything with them. And 
they're not going to be able to go, like you said, Jules, they're not going to be able to go out and buy a company like Nintendo. But the one thing that this acquisition doesn't do at all, and it still doesn't solve my opinion of what I think is Microsoft's biggest problem, is the, the biggest audience that they have absolutely no stake in whatsoever is the Eastern audience, the Japanese audience. They do not have anything going on that would entice fans of JRPGs and, and Japanese gamers to their platform. That is something that PlayStation and Nintendo will always have over Microsoft. And their money probably would have been better spent on a company like Bandai Namco or Sega or Square Enix or something like that that can have that relationship with Japanese gamers. And yeah. buying Activision literally does nothing for them because there's nothing there. Like, I'm sure people in Japan play Candy Crush or, like, are mildly interested in Crash Bandicoot and Spiral, but not enough to move the needle at all. So that's where I'm a little bit intrigued about why they thought buying Activision was their best move. But, I mean, it's still a big deal. But Just to kind of respond to that, the reality is, and I fully believe this, even with Sega, who's a struggling company... I just don't think the Japanese companies are willing to be bought by an American company. I ultimately think that's what it is. I don't think it's that they didn't try. I think it's that none of those companies were willing to answer to an American company to have American philosophies imposed onto their philosophies and then also to have to communicate across continents in order to deliver those experiences, especially when Xbox has very, very little presence in Japan. And ultimately, you see this even with Nintendo to a degree. Japanese companies oftentimes, when they are making decisions for their games, are making them for the Japanese gamers, even though sometimes the market is bigger here. And ultimately, Japanese companies are putting their Japanese players first. And so I just don't see even Sega being like, yeah, like we're going to start working for Microsoft because I feel like it would really shift their workplace infrastructure. And I think, I just don't think it's going to happen. Like their best bet would probably then just be partnering with Konami and publishing the next Castlevania or Silent Hill or Metal Gear game. They don't outright buy the studio, but they fund the development of a game and make it a PC, Xbox, and Game Pass exclusive just as the final response to that is like, I'm sure that they've tried. I just still think it's all about like with the structure in Japan, like there's a lot of pride around game development. Like I think that game development is seen as an art form more in Japan than it is in the West, especially when you look at these workplace infrastructures and how they approach their game development. And I just think ultimately a company like Square Enix or Namco Bandai, even if Microsoft is like, we will pay for this game and we want it on Microsoft only. I think their reason that they wouldn't do that is they're like, why would we waste a five year development cycle with one of our main teams on a game that's going to ultimately make us no money? Because for them, it's not just about the money. It's also about it's making money, but also keeping their workers working on something that they want to do and if and that they get to reap the recognition or reward from. And so if they're making a game that they're just sending out to die, it doesn't matter if their paychecks are being paid, like those workers are going to suffer for it. And I just feel like the Japanese companies just aren't interested. But to answer your question again, Gino, so 
like I said, my first answer to your question, so just to remind everybody, your question was, what does this mean for Sony and their player base? My first answer was operating under the assumption that everything's going to be exclusive. But if I'm being honest, I don't think everything's going to be exclusive. I actually think less so than when I did with Bethesda, because this is the way I'm looking at it. Even though there's some merit to why they would want to sell, I don't think Activision was in a position that they needed to sell. In my mind, what would have made more sense is for Activision to just sell Blizzard to to Microsoft, not Activision as well, because at the end of the day, their money cow is COD. And with the amount of money that Microsoft paid, especially like looking at that number, like I didn't know the number, but that's where this all tied together with me. They spent $68.7 billion on this company. The only way Microsoft is going to make any profit off of that is if COD is still multi-plat. Because ultimately, if they make COD exclusive, they will lose their investment completely. It doesn't matter, even if half of Sony's user base jumped ship and bought Microsoft consoles, Microsoft will not make as much money as if they made it multi-plat and sold on all the consoles. That software will make them more money than people moving over to Microsoft, more so than anything in Bethesda. Like, Elder Scrolls is literally, like, inconsequential when you're talking about COD and the cash cow it is. And especially with how much Microsoft spent on it, I'm really just questioning, like, why would Activision, a company that's already making loads of money off of this IP, why would they suddenly be like, yeah, you can buy us and make this exclusive to you they would make more money keeping it multi-plat even under microsoft i just feel like microsoft was like hey we want to buy you out and we're not going to take your cash cow and drive it like like drive the sales into the mud we're going to keep it multi-plat and we can both make money off of it i will i do have one thing that i do kind of want to shift this a little bit here we are forgetting about game pass for pc and a lot of people play Call of Duty on their computers. Microsoft doesn't have to spend a single cent on some person building a PC. Game Pass is why an exclusivity deal would make this work. People, they want to be able to play their Call of Duty in 60 frames in 4K. Like People will go out and spend two, three grand on the best PC possible to play their favorite games. People will do it. People will spend... $60 for every World of Warcraft expansion. They pay $16 a month for years and years and years to play that game. So they, they buy the game, they pay a subscription. Then those same players will buy level boosts, $60 a pop. They will buy mounts, $32 a pop. They will buy toys and pets and all this stuff, 15 20 bucks here, there. Character transfers, $15, $25. This adds up. I agree with you. When it comes to Blizzard, it makes sense. But still, like COD, I cannot wrap my head around it because I disagree with you. I don't think COD's biggest platform is PC. I think its biggest cash cow has always been on console it's like a major drive for console and i'm not saying that nothing is going to be exclusive i do think a lot of blizzard properties are going to be exclusive i do think if spyro or crash or whatever ever comes back it will be but ultimately like i said at the beginning in my mind the only thing of consequence of this this purchase is call of duty because it's the only like call of duty outsells literally everything else in this purchase coming back into blizzard side of things overwatch will they'll continue to keep those commitments and phil spencer has like even come out like even back when the zenimax merger happened he says 
when we purchased this company, we didn't need to keep those promises. We could have torn them up. We chose not to. For instance, Call of Duty League is exclusive on PlayStation. They're not going to end that. They're going to see through those deals until the end of them. Then they're going to renegotiate and readjust things at that point. Again, like I'm not saying anything about Blizzard. I'm literally just talking Call of Duty here. I understand the game pass of it all, but I still don't see how Call of Duty, if they made it exclusive to Microsoft, is going to necessarily drive Game Pass sales because realistically, a lot of people buy consoles just to buy a couple games and Call of Duty, like those Call of Duty players are the type of people who buy like Call of Duty every year and that's it. So if they're used to paying $80 a year on a game, why would they suddenly fork out $160 on Game Pass, and like I know there's more games, but a lot of these players just don't care. It's not that they can't afford it, they just don't want to play other things. I just can't wrap my head around like how it would even be profitable for them to make Call of Duty exclusive, unless they're comfortable taking like billions of dollars worth of hits just so that they can have an exclusive that they feel will sell maybe 30 40 million more consoles which at the end of the day that really doesn't do much for them especially if game pass is already on pc i've been shaking my head this whole time you are so short-sighted with what game pass is this deal first of all doesn't close for a year and a half secondly phil's whole vision this whole time has not been about consoles but surpassing generations of consoles they really don't care, I think, whether it sells more on Xbox or if it sells more on PlayStation or even how much it sells on PlayStation. Because I'm pretty sure that where they're trying to get to this point before this deal closes is having Game Pass available on any device you want. It might not be available on Switch, might not be available on PlayStation, but I guarantee you it's going to be available on whatever TV that you have. So it's a smart TV. And thinking about it, would I rather spend seven or 600 bucks, 800 bucks on a TV? And just have to buy a controller to play my game on Game Pass? Or am I going to have to buy a TV and a console? Or even just a console? Yeah. Just from that alone, if they put Game Pass on pretty much every smart TV, so all it needs is an internet connection. They don't care at that point about making a multi-platform. It just has to be on Game Pass. Yeah, they bought Activision for the content. And they specifically mentioned the metaverse too. That's- yeah, jeez. So I really don't think that they care about it being multi-plat. They just, mm-hmm. I think, wanted exclusive to Game Pass. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I can see that panning out more because that makes sense. If it's exclusive to Game Pass and they go with that idea of, like, it's going to be super accessible because you could play it on TVs and you just have to buy a controller. Again, I don't think it affects Sony because ultimately, like, yeah, they're going to lose the people who just buy their systems to play COD. But, like, realistically, if it becomes that accessible, where really all you have to do is buy Game Pass, put it on your TV, and buy a compatible controller, I feel like Microsoft is going to go the route of Nintendo and become a supplementary thing. Like, everybody's going to want to buy Game Pass as well as have their PlayStation. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably more the direction it's going rather than it, like pulling people away it will inherently pull people away but like less in a like console wars kind of thing but more like yeah what you're saying it's gonna need to have its killer exclusive and i'm sure one of these acquisitions is gonna like obviously i guess like bethesda's starfield is gonna be one of those things but like i'm sure there's games that blizzard or activision are gonna be make that are gonna be that like maybe call of duty warzone 
continues and like the next two or three Call of Duties continue to be multi-plat, I don't think Microsoft is going to allocate like six companies to work on Call of Duty anymore. I think that's a complete waste of talent. Maybe though, they have like two companies working on COD, they do the interchanging ones and like one series stays on all platforms, but maybe another series or like a different, more innovative Call of Duty is the Game Pass exclusive or something like that. I think you're right. I think like yeah. ultimately this acquisition of Activision is very different than the acquisitions they've had in the past. Other than like, I'm not gonna mention Rare because obviously that was a different Microsoft, but under Phil Spencer, when they've acquired companies, it's very much been like, kind of like the Disney approach. Like we're buying them to make money off of them and to integrate them into our company, but we're really gonna let them have agency over what they do. And I think over the course of that, now Microsoft has collected and gained a lot of IP and a lot of them are dormant because they just haven't had, they don't have enough developers to make the games. I think Activision's acquisition was different. I think they acquired it to acquire manpower, to acquire people that they can be like, hey, we don't need seven teams working on Call of Duty. We'll have two teams working on Call of Duty and the other five Activision teams can be allocated to to different IP, both Activision IP and IP that we have acquired from elsewhere that have been dormant because we haven't had anybody working on it. I think that's really their end goal here is like Activision was an acquisition of developers rather than an acquisition of IP. Yeah, as as I was saying before, 10,000 employees. And I'm I'm looking on our, our little document here that I made. What does Microsoft get in this thing? Okay, yeah, they get Blizzard, which has World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Overwatch, Diablo, Treyarch, Call of Duty Studio, Raven Studio, Call of Duty Studio. However, they have history with id. They made Wolfenstein back in 2009. They worked on Quake also. They worked on games like Ultimate Alliance and Star Wars Jedi Knight. Um, High Moon Studios, they're a Call of Duty map studio. They helped with Destiny as well when Bungie was still with Activision. And they made the greatest transformers game of all time in transformers yeah. war mm-hmm. for cybertron they also did deadpool yeah another studio Beanox. they helped vicarious visions which was like one of the big studios that activision had that kind of got dissolved into blizzard Beanox studios helped with call of duty maps skylanders night uh ctr nitro field and the tony hawk games they just kind of they were like another helper studio sledgehammer games another call of duty studio infinity ward more call of duty even there demonware did netcode online stuff again for call of duty and jules i think i never even thought of it that way just 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 the manpower albeit like after all of the 900 plus workers getting laid off from bobby Kotick and stuff every every few years getting rid of all the quality control people and stuff but 10,000 developers is nothing to ignore it's and that's the thing it's like ultimately like i feel like the other thing with activision is they don't make a lot so those companies like can be allocated to other things like we know toys for bob are fantastic at making 3d platformers like they made crash 4 from the ground up it was stellar in my opinion the best crash game there they remade the spyro trilogy uh, ground up plays exactly like the original it's so well done they created skylanders like they have a lot of great personality and who better to take over banjo than toys for bob like oh god that's the dream like they don't have a studio to do banjo that's the thing they can get one of the smaller call of duty teams to reboot conquer it's still a wartime game it's still a shooter High but Moon it's studios like... deadpool was a mixed bag but i feel like like they got the personality right conquer would be perfect for that conquer is completely up their alley i think if those people are still there 
we don't know how many of these core people that we used to work at like high moon studios and vicarious visions and and toys for bob are actually still there because the, the amount of turnaround that activision has year over year i could see vicarious visions coming back as a company because they, they were just recently absorbed into blizzard because they worked on the diablo 2 remake but just the amount of potential there is here for microsoft to increase their first party studios output it this grows it more than even the other two big waves of acquisitions they had i think it was bellular gaming or something i was listening to, to his take on all this stuff too and they were saying you have blizzard entertainment the massive amount of developers they made one patch in a year for world of warcraft one patch for a game what else are they doing behind the scenes okay yeah they might have diablo but where where is that going and then you have the overwatch team where's that going starcraft you don't have anything doing in there and i'm sure they have a bunch of like experimental projects and stuff right we have like this just like this large swath of people and what are they really doing you have like seven studios making call of duty like these are the studios that microsoft highlighted in their article today when they announced this but in a year and a half a lot can change like they might actually shut down a few studios consolidate people and like have there might actually be layoffs but that would be a terrible thing but ultimately what it comes down to is for the company this is the best thing that could have happened this is a best case scenario i think because as you said earlier in the podcast you know microsoft is known for their workplace environments and just the amount of freedom that these developers are going to be having to make whatever the heck they want microsoft is going to support the developers' ambitions. They're not going to be basically confined to their desks to only work on Call of Duty. Microsoft decided to delay their flagship game that would have launched with their new system for an entire year just to get that game in a better state. If Overwatch 2 needs time, it's going to get time. If Diablo is going to need more time, it's going to get the time. Who knows what is going to happen with Warcraft? Maybe Warcraft will actually get like good graphics <laughs> under Microsoft. It could get a a, a graphics enhancement pack like the whole warcraft 3 debacle would never have happened under microsoft everwild with rare who knows what's going to happen with that game now it's basically been rebooted because it wasn't right microsoft gave rare their complete support they're going to do whatever they need to do to get that game right so that's going to be a weird shift in like the studio's dna i think i will say i'd like to add I throw a lot of shade at Microsoft, and I don't necessarily love Microsoft. I've grown to love them in the last few years. But I will say, of like all the corporate lapdogs in the world, there's only two I genuinely respect and genuinely think have the best interest of fans in mind. And one is Kevin Feige at Disney, and the other one is Phil Spencer. Praise Lord, Phil. I genuinely think everything they say is honest, and they're genuine. And like even with Phil's approach to like you know buying bethesda and activision and reassuring people on competitor consoles that hey we're not trying to hurt you like we're actually still going to be giving you content like it just shows you that this is beyond just a money grab like this is more about trying to give fans what they want and i think ultimately the activision acquisition is going to culminate in something that is in line with that philosophy that Phil Spencer has kind of had at Microsoft. And I think he's the perfect person to give new life to Activision Blizzard after they've had their name dragged through the mud. Because the thing is, as shitty as the workplaces were, as horrible as the working conditions were, and all those controversies and all the allegations and everything that's happening, and all the horrible people within Blizzard and Activision, 
especially within Blizzard, there's also a lot of really good-hearted developers that we've seen have that similar philosophy to Phil Spencer of, like, gaming is about making people feel happy about what they see. And it kind of ties back into Microsoft's actual, like, as a company, their their mission statement and what they're there to do. And, like, you can look up their mission statement and everything. And, like, even during, like, my time when I was part of it was to empower every person and organization and the planet to do more. And basically, like what Sachin Adela said today and what Phil Spencer said today about the culture of their organization being the number one priority. If your number one priority is to empower every single person in the organization to be able to have their best work, you need to make sure that they have a safe place. You need to make sure that they have a support structure. You need to make sure that your management is there to help you in difficult situations. You need to make sure that these people are trained and not a frat work culture and everything like that. This is the right organization to make that change. I expect good things in the next few years, definitely. Joe, did you want to add anything, or did anyone want to add anything before we wrap? You know, like when like people that work at places enter contests, but they yep. can't enter at their own work? Are you qualified to do this podcast, or do you have Microsoft bias? I don't know, man. Eh. That's questionable, man. It's, it's, it's been a few years. I don't know. You just quoted, you just quoted their mission statement. It's kind of sketch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could probably look it up. It's probably on like a website or something somewhere. This is indoctrination at its finest. Oh. I maybe drank a little bit of the Kool Aid in my time, but you sweated it, Gino. Yeah, I did. Literally, it was like I saw you, and the words, "Do you want to buy Game Pass?" would sweat out of your pores. Hey, Game Pass is a great service, and everyone should have it. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of today's main quest. If you liked what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button on your platform of choice. If you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas for any upcoming icebreaker topics, hot takes, anything like that, or even just let us know what did we do right, what did we do wrong. Tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your mom's friend about what you've learned here today at the Hub World. Leave us a comment, and we'll see you next time at the Hub World. Mateo? Microsoft, you got a lot of new studios to make a new banjo game, so get on that. Get Toys for Bob to make a new banjo game. And make Microsoft make a new Spyro game. I'm sorry, Spyro's at the back of the line. Banjo needs it more than Spyro. How about they make a Banjo-Spyro-Crash-Bandicoot crossover game? I would love that, but the only thing that's been playing in my mind since this acquisition was announced was this image of Phil Spencer pointing in the direction, like Spyro and Crash are lined up, and he's pointing in the direction of Microsoft Studios, and behind the building, all you see is Banjo and Conker caged, and two empty cages are there for Spyro and Crash. <laughs> oh, no. You know what game Microsoft Activision Blizzard this whole amalgamation company isn't making? A Gen 5 remake. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good night, everyone. See you, everybody. Bye.